You know, it's Tuesday, and here on the Hang Zone, or in the Hang Zone, that means a couple different things. One is Business Tuesday, every Tuesday at one fifteen or so. And the other thing is see you next Tuesday, which we say every week and then Tuesday arrives. And to uh, properly open this segment up, we need to send out a signal, a flare. So you're seeing me now Tuesday. The beam. You press the button, the big giant button. You like the beam? Light the beam. That's right, every uh, week at this time, uh, Twitch's own Gordon Keith. Actually, I would like to promote something other than Twitch today. I'd like to promote my Thursday appearances with the Hardline. Son of a bitch. Every Thursday at uh, 4.55. I want it noted that you appeared here before you became a regular on the hard line. That is true. You saved us first. Correct, yes. I went to my best friends first. Thank you. We got an open. I know, you guys got an open... I get in touch with the hard line and they're like, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess 455 is good or no, can you do 515 today or like you guys are very structured and we, we're very regular with this. Let's find the rant open. We'll just use that. It's in there. There it is right there. I mean, that's something we don't have to do anything extra for that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Love it. I think they pitched it up a little bit. Like half a cent. <laughs> Just so they did Works something. every time. <laughs> when did the rant end? Was it so long ago we have to reset what the rant was? Yeah, the rant was a weekend show that I did on Saturday mornings for like 10 years. From, I would say, 96 to 2000. Five, six, I don't know. I'm really kind of guessing. <laughs> and Davey was on it, and Corby was doing the show before. As Corby used to be the co-host of the golf show on the weekends. He was the Craig Rosengarden. He would just hang? Yeah. He was, yeah, he was Craig Rosengarden because Rick Arnett was still on the show. And he did it with yeah, the Corby. Kids like that. And then I would convince Corby to stay over into my show with Davey, and then, and then eventually he just moved full time. Some of the greatest days of my life: Greenville Avenue St. Patrick's Day Parade, kicking off with the rant, <laughs> and the orphanage after that. It was what a time! It, it was a show. It was a show. It was a. It's kind of a hungover. It was a friend to the to people with hangovers. Oh yeah. Because he'd wake up early and listen to our madness. It was a lot of fun. It was a it was a comedy laboratory. Is what we called <laughs> like it. the states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So did it finally get canceled after Norm's like fifth? After Norm with management, yeah. After to- Norm railed on us, they they canceled oh, hello, us. Hello. 
I believe he actually did try to get it canceled at least once. Yeah, he did. He called on our boss to be fired, to fire me. And if my boss wouldn't fire me, he called on my boss to be fired. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever called on anything to occur. I, I don't think I have yeah, either. That really takes a lot of gumption. Yeah. <laughs> the arrogance involved in calling for something. I mean, like you could say, you know, I, I wish that guy, you know, I, if I was his boss, I would do this. Right. Like, that makes sense to me. But calling on someone to bend the knee to right. your will. You are owed something. Yes. <laughs> Based on well, That's your how status. you get in the Radio Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. even sports-wise, I'm Jake, do you, ever, do you he ever is. say this guy must be fired? No. Or do you just kind of suggest it? Like, maybe the Mavs could move on from Jason Kidd, but you don't, like, write an open letter to Mark Cuban. I believe an open letter would be uh, written by, by Norm. For sure. If he felt that strongly about something, which he did. Uh, but, of course, he aims, you know, at our good friend Gordon. That's just terrible. I can't even believe that. I know. You're just sitting there. You're just... I was just sitting there, you know. I just <laughs> doing, He claimed that I would just some say something and... shocking on the air, and then I'd sit back and giggle. <laughs> then they sit back. Then they just sit back and giggle. Have we replayed the Norm Gordon fight lately? I think that was like the... Did we do first like a year. Week ago? I don't remember anything. I mean, wasn't that when Norm first came over here? We had this the gambling fight. Yeah, I don't know if it was the gambling. That's fight. the only one I'm. Was it the one? Yeah, the one of. where Gordon was flipping a coin to see how that would match up he, against the picks of the poll. Why and the coin was winning? He was, you know, he was outperforming the poll with a coin. <laughs> <laughs> so help me out here. Like I understand how oh, it could be uncomfortable. Bingo! I'm just flipping bingo. the coin. It's just, so what? So help me out here. But why is it so offensive to do a coin flip against his picks? Well, I think at the time it was because the coin was not charging a monthly fee. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> and the coin's opponent was, <laughs> and the coin was. Taking it in the shorts. <laughs> yeah. And so basically Norm was, he was really mad at the coin, and that just kind of spilled over onto me. For yeah, some I think reason. you have that right. Yeah. Yes. And the coin didn't have Tony Casillas putting something together. Not Tony Casillas. Tony Castillo, sir. Whatever. Tony Casillas is a cowboy legend. Yeah. Tony, uh, Tony Castillo makes the picks. Okay. Well, Norm does Tommy the Tommy Castillo. Tommy. I got it wrong, too. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is about that clip, the, it's a great producer moment where Frito steps in and is like, well, you don't see the ones that are paid for. Like, oh, yeah, well, then why do you put the ones that suck out there at all? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going against the premium picks. Okay. And, and, you know, in defense of me, I didn't release the coins premium picks either. <laughs> the coin substack yeah. was <laughs> the coin paywalled at the time. Yeah, of picks. That's where we got Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> yeah, but we I have think, some other. Yeah, what do we got? We have some other business here. A P one told us we should pull this audio because I'm a fan of your uh, massive heavyweight morning show. So I've heard that this has snuck into your brain. Tell me what you hear here from the draft coverage on Saturday. Do not, do not base your opinions of Mel Kuyper off of his passion for how he he is on TV, because it's totally different. And I, I witnessed it firsthand the first time I met Mel. The quick hit there. Totally different. Totally different. Totally movie. different. Boy, that that has been an earworm for me for yeah. the past couple of weeks now. 
Why? Totally different story. Totally different. Totally different. Totally, totally different. different movie. I can be making totally a sandwich. It's a totally different piece of bread, and I'm putting on this. Totally different <laughs> than the first one. How did that get in your head? I have no idea. We just started playing it. Uh, it came up again recently. It might have been in one of our opens on a Tuesday or something. I'm not sure, but there are <laughs> a, there's a rotation of Tom comments from that clip that get stuck in my head. And after about three weeks, I'll I'll go to another one. Uh, but totally different is up there for Gordon right now. Do you want to hear the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, sure. And someone was talking. We were we were discussing. But is it accurate? The three things about Inception that keep it from having a chance, and I forgot number three. It was lots of effects, lots of popularity, but then the third one, which is science fiction. And, and four. I think of those three together. And four, it already won for Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves is Inception. No, what are you saying? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that their criteria for things are very different than the rest of the world. We're all just lay people out here, you all know, watching movies and not real. We have opinions, but these folks make movies, so they can get into the subtleties. Yeah, they look at of editing all. and lighting and everything. All the nuances of filmmaking come into play. Hear the so, flop sweat you know, on it. Cut him some slack. Well. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, <laughs> but what I don't know what you just explained to me, but how does Inception and Dancing with Wolves relate? They're totally different movies. Totally different types of movies. So, yeah. So, but they can they can break it down and say that was a good that was a good movie. That was a bad movie. Insofar as those top ten movies, they can do that. That's their world. Just like you can break down uh, Chicago's defense versus um, Dallas's defense. I'm, I'm happy to. So, so. I'm certainly happy to do that. Did did Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, one right? Certainly happy to. Notice who said not a single word during that. What do you mean? Why? Well, I, I mean, you were just you handed him the rope. You were just sitting back and giggling. You were sitting back and giggling as Tom's climbing up onto the stool, <laughs> putting the rope around his neck. <laughs> Hey, hold on, guys. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. So Picasso is painting, and I'm going to walk up and like, yeah, exactly. oh, I want to. No, let me paint a little saying. here too. Dan would have carried that over if Tom would have kept talking. <laughs> oh, I was never going to change topics. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's so many moments that like sometimes if if we put on a movie at home, I'll I'll just say we're just like people. We're, just we're, like people. we're watching movies, <laughs> so you know, so, cut them some slack. <laughs> Insofar as the top ten. Insofar. We have opinions. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. But the slight little confidence he gets when Sean jumps in there. Oh, yeah. Sean trying oh, to throw a, a yeah. deflated life thing. It, it was just a short shot of steroids that he got there for just a moment. The rash went away just for a little bit and returned. <laughs> so that's been in your head. Oh, yeah. Totally different kind of movie. Totally different movie. I feel like, uh, so it just hasn't gotten in George's head yet. Oh, that is totally in George's head. He, oh, okay. George is the guy that we do all the earworms with. Craig usually sits over there silent and just pipes up every once in a while, repeats what we said. But George and I have a show going, like, all the time. And it's always a bunch of nonsense and a bunch <laughs> of, you know, just brain rot, just repeating same <laughs> phrases over and over again. And you'll do it for... One piece of audio for 20 consecutive years. Oh, yeah. Moron dog. You, you have no idea how much time moron dog has taken up in my life. I mean, I've, I've probably recited 
More on dog. Lines from it. If you added it all together, it would probably shave off several months of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it works its way into live spots. Yes. We're obsessed with it. Just <laughs> You talk about that that's the Mona Lisa of of radio segments to me. Oh, music. Yeah, music. I mean music. <laughs> Moron Dog's the greatest thing this station's ever produced. Well, maybe don't let him eat the napkin. And you guys just improv it. In real time, you painted the Mona Lisa. That's shocking to me. Oh, it's totally man. different than the uh, Mona Lisa. So, yes, yes. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying it's totally different than the Mona Lisa. But it's the Mona Lisa. You know, I mean, we're just out here. We're lay people. That's George right. And I. The Norm Gordo fight I have in here is eight minutes long. Yeah, oh, Lord. it was a, a mix and then some. And Let's, Did we talk about Johnny Oates in that, too? Or was that a different argument I had with Norm? I argued with Norm a lot in the early so. days. I think so. I argue about Johnny Oates. Wasn't that great? I See, I think it was part of this gambling thing, because I don't know why we got into the Johnny Oates thing, but you know, Norm was good friends with Johnny Oates, and I had been around Johnny Oates treating, like, underlings not so great you know like people like me and people like doogie who were you know not huge names like norm was so i don't know why it came up in a norm argument but it did love norm to death uh-huh he's got an interesting list of guys that he's close personal friends with that have run afoul of maybe the law society's conventional <laughs> judgments Dave on morality Bliss. Dave Bliss was a that was a tough one, man. I think Kip Kino ultimately was, was the bowl of blood with Dave Bliss. Was the bowl of blood one about that? Did you want your bowl of blood? You gotta have your bowl of blood. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Kip Kino was in jail. Yeah, for like misappropriation of Olympic funds, something like that. But well, he he was saying that Dave Bliss. Had already been punished enough. Uh, punished enough, that's and right. And shouldn't lose it. Dorm called on him to not lose his job. <laughs> he called on me to lose my job. You didn't get your bowl of blood? <laughs> He's a great man. That was with you? No, no, he didn't yell at me about the bowl oh. of blood. It was about somebody else, but I thought he was talking about Dave Bliss. Maybe he wasn't. And he defended Art Bryles and Joe Paterno. And, no, I think oh. I don't think it's all of them. <laughs> Jerry Sandusky. <me. laughs> Look, it was a different time. That's what's dangerous about being that well-known, though. Like, I don't really know anybody who's going to show up on Epstein's logs or anything, you know? All my friends are spares. Who, who, like, who are we going to run afoul of here, Dan? Like, Greg McElroy? We don't know anyone. Norm knows Olympic champions. Yeah. And national, you know, championship contending coaches. Norm also does instant friendship with people though. Which that's, that's always true. risky. It's a wide it's a wide net cast. You, you meet someone for the first time and they're, you know, decent to you. And then the next time we talk about him is, "Yeah, I met that guy. He seemed like a nice guy." That's the way I word it. <laughs> Norm words it he is the greatest human to ever live. I talk with him for over five minutes. <laughs> When's the last time you made a new friend? Oh, gosh. It's 
years. I mean, 15 years, 20 years. You know, that's a problem for guys. Sometime I want to do, I would love to do like a special show about being a guy. Like on this station, it would be perfect to do that. And I know that we dedicate a, a lot of time, you know, talking about women's issues and all those sorts of things. But there are some men's issues that are also important. And one of them is that men tend to not make friends past a certain age. And I think a lot of men are lonely and they don't do enough to cultivate friendships and to be social with other guys. I think that's an issue. Get Josh Howley on as your first guest. Who's that? Steve Bannon or any of your other men's rights cohorts. See, that's the problem is that... Of course I know, yes. Is that people think that, oh, well, men's rights are only what those people define them as. Yeah. No, it's an issue. So is it just weird or, like... We're worried that it's going to be gay. Well, because like, why do we not? Vulnerability is seen as a sign of weakness rather than courage. <laughs> right. To quote Brene gay! Brown. Right. So, and she's exactly right on that stuff. Is so, that, is that vulnerability yeah. is the thing that does take courage. And it's also how you make friends most of the time. Real friends. It's how you bond with people. Right. I mean, like I even have good friends that, uh, you know, like I'm good friends with them. Here's the other thing is that guys often bond over activities. And women bond on like a relationship level. You know, they talk about their lives and the loved ones in their lives and hated ones. Yeah. Who they can mutually hate together. Yes. (laughs) To be stereotypical. (laughs) But you know, guys, what they do is they will, you know, Hey, that's the guy I go rock climbing with. Oh yeah. Great friend of mine, man. We've been friends for 10 years. Oh yeah. What's his wife's name? I don't know. It's never come up. We we just climb rocks together, you know, and laugh and stuff. This is kind of like the, uh, I mean, it goes for dating, too. Just that I think a lot of my long-term friends developed because that's who I used to drink with or smoke pot with. Mm -hmm. And, like, dating. I don't know that I ever met anyone without alcohol involved. Yeah. You know. I think that's pretty common. Ended up doing something further with that person, you know. Uh you know, and my buddies and my, uh, all my friend group, you know, in college and after college was about, yeah, let's go flame one up. <laughs> and if right. you're not that guy anymore, then it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, what are you going to do? Do you get together and just talk with your guy friends? Let's go talk about how to make my lawn greener. Blake will do that with me. The group text or the group chat is good for this. Yeah, it's a feeling of touching base and yeah. that. But do you really get real vulnerable in the group text? You might not, maybe no, but it is efficient because you feel like you're keeping up with five or six people at once. And it's, for, it's for hard me, to keep up too. It, that's like, what are you going to do? It's just a, All right, a I'm going to go do something next Friday. Who am yeah, I going to invite? Let me just invite. I think this once one people, guy from our fantasy league or something. Yeah. Once people get married, I think their social lives just. For guys, I know, it just seems like it goes away practically. Which I think ultimately hurts your relationship with your significant it other. It does. It so does. You should have... Try to figure that out. ...friendships, and that will strengthen your core relationship with not, your significant other. Not married kids, I think, more. Yeah, that's true. Because then you can only have friends that have kids in your same demographic. It doesn't matter the demographic of the friend. You know, and... But like you I don't know, want to go hang out with a guy who has a teenager if you've got a, a two year old. But like thinking the last time you have a vulnerable conversation with a guy friend. Like I know a, a 
close guy friend of mine, you know, he and I had a heart to heart and he was going through a rough time talking about how he just, and a lot of guys I think identify with this in the family. It's like no one cares so much about dad. Oh yeah. You know, dad just kind of makes stuff happen and, and, but women's problems are oftentimes talked about in guys' opinions ad nauseum with their friends. And so they're always troubleshooting their inner life. And guys are not doing that with their other guy friends. And then when a guy speaks up and says, you know, man, I just, you know, I feel underappreciated around here. You know, everybody just doesn't do it. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, a man feels underappreciated. Oh, That's what culture does to a guy when he says, you know, I, I feel like sure. I'm overlooked. You know, this in is our why family it's tougher dynamic. to be a guy. Of course. At the end of the in, day. In America today, being a guy, especially a white male, <laughs> nobody understands our problems. I don't know that it's it's certainly not tougher, but it's hard just being a human on the planet. And we all work on kind of the same firmware. So why would we think that a guy's emotional life or in his insides don't need any caretaking just because, oh, you've had land rights for so long, so you have no emotional... It's like, okay, all right, you win the cultural argument. Can we now get to the people who are hurting? Well, to tie this all together, I just want to say... I, I love like, you guys. I like having my insides taken care of. <laughs> There's yes. nothing wrong with being a little open to new things. Yeah, I, know what he, I know what he's referencing. He's but referencing we're that... Saying, as a dude, it's okay to be open to new things. Yes. Yes, and to Jake, that means butt play. All right, let's play the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) that's the hard lines. Gordon Keith, you can hear him every week and Thursday at some time. I knew we'd get back there somehow. Sometimes joins the Musers. Those are two totally different shows, though. Totally Totally different. different. So far as they are on both on the ticket. Totally different. All right, Thanks, Gordon. So, cut him some slack. We're all just lay people.